point of what we do is that no one should have that kind of power. For once, I leveled the fucking playing field. I show people the real me. <laughs> I mean, they fucking love me. You don't know what you're dealing with. Other world life forms drawn by heat and conflict. He's on safari. Lions. Tigers. The bears. Oh my. You saved one life. You saved the world. This Organized Chaos podcast is brought to you by Gems Art Studio. This podcast is also brought to you by listeners like you. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to another Organized Chaos podcast. My name is Bobby Quarters, and boy, do we got some fun stuff to talk about this week. With me, as always, is Bob. How are you, man? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I'm not so bad, you know? I mean, we've had a bit of a rainy week here up in near the Cap City, but, but, uh, like, it rained all day yesterday. Nah, I don't recall if it rained yesterday, but I know, uh, I know there's been lots of days this week where it just, it's, I'm at work and it's just pouring. I can just hear it so Miserable. Yeah. Yeah, just miserable (laughs) outside, yeah. It gets really loud outside, I'm like, oh, there's going to be less customers for a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, working in food, it's a bit different. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, we'll have a lot of online, mm. but not too many foot traffic inside. And the ones that do come in, I kind of have to look like, are you all right? Yeah. Like, you're dedicated. I'll give you that. You're all right. Cool. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we got a good week. We got some good stuff to talk about. We got to, we're going to conclude yeah. season three of The Boys, which, God, after last week, I was like, I want to watch it. I want to watch it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Admittedly, I had dove right into it after we uh, wrapped last week. I, I was just ready to. I still did an episode a day, <laughs> although I think I think I did uh, like a, that Monday night. We did the fifth one and then the sixth one, and then I think Wednesday we just wrapped up because it's like I'm not I'm not waiting for one more day for one more episode. One more. Yeah, I, I I watched all three, mm-hmm. and uh, no, all four. Yeah, and I got about to three, and then I. Went to sleep, and then I, you know, couldn't stay up anymore. The next day I watched the uh, last one, and then I caught up on uh, Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after that, we got Predator Two. Which uh, is this your yeah. first time watching it? This is. This oh. was my first time watching it, and I didn't think about. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think about it until maybe about midway through. Like I should have maybe just recorded myself and done like reaction <laughs> of it. You never know but... until you're there. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, man, I should because I I am kind of just saying to myself a lot of funny stuff while I'm watching it. <laughs> and then uh, and then we're concluding with the uh, the conclusion of Miss Marvel. Um, yeah, a series that, to my understanding, hasn't done great as far as ratings, but as far as critic review, it's like one of the highest rated things in Marvel. I would say it's not one of my Which favorites, I don't... but I do really like it. I knew, but we yeah, will get to it. Mm. I mean, it's definitely well casted. Yeah. It definitely has high points for sure. Yeah. But uh, as far as uh, news going out, there was a trailer 
that was released this week. <laughs> a trailer yeah, for I'll... something that I thought was an interesting project by someone I'm not a huge fan of, but maybe something he that had an interesting I was... angle. <laughs> yeah, I was actually very excited about this because um, when I had read that this uh, film was going to be made originally, I... I was excited because I am a fan of this. I grew up watching like the old, old reruns mm -hmm. as a kid, so I was very happy about that. My only skepticism on it was the director because out of the, I want to say I've seen five of his movies, and I really enjoyed about two and a half of them. Well, I've seen three of his movies, and I really like the menu to one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should stop playing like vague book with this. Uh, we're we're talking about Rob Zombie yeah. and uh, the Munsters movie. Uh, I, I guess even more of the behind the curtain looks. Uh, the movies I enjoyed were House of a Thousand Corpses and obviously Devil's Rejects. Both of those are very great. Um, um, and the movie I only enjoyed half of was uh, his Halloween. Um, I kind of liked it when all the white trash stopped yelling fuck at each other. Yeah, for me... It, it became an enjoyable movie after that. Uh, House of a Thousand Corpses was the movie I liked the uh, the, the menu to. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a great I, I, I know. <laughs> well, I mean... It, yeah, you have Sid Hag yeah. just riffing you yeah. nonstop you in with every me? page. Pick something, are you? <laughs> yeah, in every page. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did. I would definitely say, I, while I'm not a huge fan of House of a Thousand Corpses, I would say I probably like it more than his Halloween movies. Definitely more than his Halloween too. His Halloween too was garbage. Um, I yeah, feel like that's probably like... that's probably not brought up enough when you talk about the worst Halloween movies, probably because we <laughs> forget about his uh, remakes. <sighs> yeah, um, the uh, Free from Hell, mm -hmm. like the follow up to Devil's Rejects. Yeah. Um, yeah, it took me a couple of days to get through it. Ooh, like I couldn't. I tried. I mean, I've heard Devil's Rejects is good, but I just. I do not have bad it is. good experiences with Rob it, Zombie it, movies so far. <laughs> um, think of it like uh, Natural Born Killers meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I mean, that does sound bad. Natural Born Killers is good. <laughs> like, like, like that road trip feel. Okay. Definitely. That's the vibe I've always gotten from it. And they kind of are on a road trip. But it's cool because like the first one, there's like the people who are also in it, or I guess mostly the fodder for the family to kill yeah. are like legends of the genre. Like PJ Stoles makes an appearance in there. Um, Oh God, I I'm drawing a blank right now, but, um, <laughs> I'm going to consult the intertron. Uh oh, the interwebs. Yeah. But, uh, Speaking of the interwebs, it's something I want to look up. Cause I heard that like, Part of the reason he's doing this Munsters movie is because he's a, a passion project and he actually bought the rights to do it. Yeah, that's what I, I heard, too. That is... Looking at this trailer, I am shocked to hear that. Because this is... I'm having trouble thinking of a worse trailer I've ever seen. I'll be blunt. Uh, my God. I remember... I'm sitting through this trailer, and at the 40-second mark, I paused it. I'm like, how much longer does this have left? 
I feel like I've been watching it for like an hour. Uh, it's like a regular two and a half minute trailer, but Jesus Christ. Like there's a low... Priscilla... Sorry. Uh, Priscilla Barnes. Okay. That's who I was thinking All of. Right. And uh, yeah. No. no, his Monsters clearly has a low budget vibe to it. And you know, I can dig that. But there are certain things where I'm like, it's just like, number one, I want to say the makeup looks all right. Especially, yeah, especially... it, 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 it kind of reminds me of that time that they colorized the, yes, the monster yes. show or they like, and they got, and they brought back the original cast mm -hmm. and did it like in the eighties. Yeah. Like, that's what it reminded me of looking at it going like, okay, this is cool. Like, this is super cool. And uh, I also want to uh, stress, uh, growing up, like, my dad was a huge fan of Monsters, and my mom was a huge fan of Adam's family. So I got, like, an equal mix of them all growing up. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm fairly familiar with the source material. Um, yes. And it's not like this doesn't look faithful, but this looks like, this looks like uh, essentially this is gonna be an origin story for them. Which okay, fine. No, like, no Eddie, when, no when, daughter. I can't think yeah. of the name of right now. Or I think it was like no, I think I don't think it was a daughter. Wasn't it like a cousin or something? Oh, maybe it was. It was a uh, yeah. It was a yeah, cousin. It was, the, it was a cousin. It was a normal yeah. looking one that everybody called a freak. <laughs> <laughs> oh my dear, you look horrid <laughs> <Yeah>. today. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's no no kids. It's just Lily and creating Fred and the grandpa. And it's okay, like, okay, fine. Like, And it's going for a low-budget feel. But one of the first things I noticed was that there's almost a tinny quality to the microphone. Which, it, it, that definitely feels like a low-budget thing that you might actually want to avoid if you're not actually low-budget. What, what a lot of it looked... It, a lot of it did look like it was definitely, like, low-budget. Yeah. Even so, there was parts that, like, it looked like he and a couple of his buddies just kind of lit a room and shot some scenes over a weekend mm -hmm. a few in a few scenes. Like, uh, there's one where there's, like, a lot of back, like, backlit of green light coming on on the walls. And it, that one just literally looks like they took a corner of, the, like, a room. All right, guys, let's just put some lights up, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll get some of the monster stuff filmed today. Yeah. yeah. If you, yeah. like, it's not, like, low-budget charming. Like, like, fucking, like an Ed Wood movie, almost. Like, there could almost be yeah, a charm no, this, to this, something like that. This is low-budget, I don't give a shit, when I would think almost certainly he does give a shit. It is yeah. baffling. Yeah. <laughs> It is, and I kind of wonder: Did he purposely release a bad trailer? I don't know. I like I. I would be tempted to put this on, like, to watch this on the podcast. But that two-minute trailer was such a chore. It's like I don't think I could sit through eighty minutes of it. And what if it's uh, longer than that? I mean, holy <laughs> fuck! Holy. <laughs> I mean, low budget when you have a limited budget. Okay, understandable. Low budget. When you're shooting for low budget, is a different thing, entirely. He could definitely yeah, have like a budget. If you're for this. going, I mean, if you're going for big budget and you end up, you know, and you get low, bad, or just bad. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to think of like the best example I could use. Um, like a Neil, like Neil Bryn. Yeah, Neil Breen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, like I, I I've tried several several times to make it through one. I've I've not I've seen it yet. I'm not. I've, I've seen a few. Uh, I mean, bits of them. Mm-hmm. It, it's rough. It's it, it it's it. Oh my god. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to think of a better example of. But when you try to like shoot for bad and go for bad, like you know what you're getting into. Yeah. Like, like Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I guarantee yeah, yeah. you there was not a single person creatively behind that who thought of taking that seriously for a moment. No, no, absolutely not. And that <laughs> that is almost how you have to take something like that. Yeah. Which, like, again, like, with Rob Zombie, like, we're, we're looking at this trailer, and it's like Neil Breen quality almost. And I know... He is infinitely more talented than that. There's yeah, no and the that. act and the level of acting is yes. like is almost like I, I I'm gonna say community theater. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, like it, a lot people, of it looked like a Tim and Eric sketch, man. I feel like his wife gets ragged on a lot, and I you know I get it. he's gonna cast his wife, but man, just in this trailer, I had way too much of her. It was yeah, intense. Even, Oh, Even in shit. this one, I'm like, oh my god, Sherry is an awful actress. Yeah, no, she's she's not like, yeah, like I'm I'm not even sure if I can say her quite as bad as most people do, but she's she's bad in this trailer. This is two minutes where she is awful, bad. Uh, and I think obviously part of it is that they're going for like an over the top cheesy feel to it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not selling. No. Maybe the movie will be better because I think it's bizarre that this is a passion project for it to come out this bad. <laughs> but of course, passion yeah. projects have been complete shit shows before. I mean, we got Battlefield Earth out of a passion project. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we also got Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, out of a passion project. Uh, Overboard was a passion project that really should have failed in every level, but was actually kind of what what charming. that uh, actually... that that. That uh, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell movie? Yes. <laughs> that is a movie that should be huh. completely awful, but is actually kind of charming. <laughs> I did not know that that was a passion project. Yeah, yeah. That was them like desperately wanting to work together and just setting up a project for their, for them to work together. One of those things that like almost always fails and like that one's actually all right. That one's actually... <laughs> I, or, I didn't know that. All right. Yeah. Okay. Mm. But yeah... Uh... We'll see if the movie's any good, but I'm going to say right now that I cannot think of a worse trailer I've ever sat through. Um, I would rather Sonic sit through trailer. a Neil Green trailer. Oh, no way. The first Sonic okay, trailer. Okay, that, that horrific CGI on Sonic was at least something to talk about. That was two minutes that at least went by in like three or four. This monster yeah. trailer goes by in like an hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, I get I'm it. Very... Sonic looked awful, but... <laughs> he did. He did. I uh, I wasn't even that excited about it, but when I saw that, I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh, I might see it just to wa- Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> oh, train wreck. No. <laughs> no. But uh, anything, anything you want to add before we just go into something much better? 
Yeah. Um, I, as of right now, I think it's going to be a stinker. Oh yeah. No, I, I don't see any uh, help um, in it right I now. I did that. I did read today that, uh, I, I, I think I, I can't remember where, but I did read somewhere that I think it's going to be a drop into Netflix. Oh, really? So that might be the better call. I wonder if they're going to co-release it with that Wednesday show, which is almost certainly going to be better. Maybe. You know, and one thing I was wondering about is, last time I checked, Barry Sonnefeld is still directing. Why couldn't Rob Zombie just hire him to do the Monsters movie? I know he already did Adam's Family, but you know what? He would do better. (laughs) He understands the source material. Yes. (laughs) Even though Adam's family values was, uh, I, like, I like Adam's family's values. I, I mean, I love I love the I'm... stuff with Debbie. I love the stuff with Debbie in that one. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, everything <laughs> at the Girl Scout camp, I love. <laughs> oh yeah, no, the Girl Scout camp or the uh, the camp. I guess it was I think a summer it camp because Pugsley's Pugsley's there, but it's mostly about Pugsley Wednesday. was there it's too. It's Wednesday story. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's Wednesday story. Yeah, there. and I'm a hundred percent fine with that. <laughs> but also all the stuff with Debbie, um, uh, you know, you know Joan Cusack because oh, she is sure? just yeah. fucking phenomenal. Yeah, in everything. <laughs> But uh, all right, ready for some boys though. Yeah, let's let, let's uh, let's dig into the nitty gritty of it. Yes. Uh, uh, do do we want to start with Donald Trump? <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to start off with uh, I think uh, what the first episode is right that we got into what was here. It wasn't herogasm. That no, was no, no. That was a uh, six or seven. I don't. Yeah, I think it was six. It it, it was six. Mm-hmm. Uh, five is where we get. To, we really get to meet Black Hawk. Is it Black Hawk or Blue yeah. Hawk? Blue Hawk. Yeah. Yeah. He just and he's like this Republican talking point machine. Just yeah. Just they call him kind of. That's oh, from, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say A Train confronts him about like being in his neighborhood and attacking all the black people in his neighborhood. And he's like, don't you think he, aren't you concerned that it's going to look a little racist? And of course, blue Hawk's like, uh, didn't you know that it's racist to call people racist? I'm sorry. Am yeah. I being canceled now? It's like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. The, the writers of the boys read comment section. Cause that's what blue Hawk is. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he pretty much is. He, he is the, uh, OP of that uncle that or that uh, site that your uncle gets his news from. Yes, yes, he is. <laughs> um, but but uh, of course, A Train does get Blue Hawk to go to the neighborhood and apologize, and it goes brilliantly well. It does. It there's not even a single mistake there. I don't even think there's anything to talk about. So let's move on. No, uh, <laughs> no, no. No, he 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 freaks out and just attacks everybody there so uh yeah and, that's and where... uh in the process he also uh in he also paralyzes a train's brother yes yes from the waist down which, which is yeah Jesus. which in the previous episodes I don't, I don't think we brought up brought this up but uh a train was kind of having a lot of reconnection back with his brother because mm-hmm. his brother kind of stopped talking to him at the end of season one because he was using so much v mm-hmm but uh, yeah, so it was nice. Yeah, it was nice that they were able to rebuild their friendship and their, you know, their bond again. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it's his brother who's also really pushing him to, you know, use use your position of power to, to speak up, you know, try try to influence change. Um, we really see kind of a change in A-Train. Not that he's perfect. Uh, I think we even talked about last week where uh, he agrees to help with the group against Homelander and then he turns him in and it gets Supersonic killed. Yeah. So he's he's not making any friends this season at all. But it does feel like no. they're trying to put him in the right position. Probably for a hero sacrifice, I'd guess, later down the line. But we will see what they do. <laughs> yeah, I think they might have... Yeah, if they're going to do the hero sacrifice how they did in this season, mm-hmm. I, I think that that one will be a better payoff. Yeah. Well, I feel like they're building him up to something. Um yeah. Cause, uh, or he's just going to turn and be like, you know, Homelander's bitch. Yeah. Well, I mean, we already have that character. That's the deep. That is the deep troll at this point. <laughs> uh, a, a more effect. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah, if no, you get no, deep uh, in he, water, he's fairly effective. But uh... Yeah, but he, he is Homelander's bitch. Yeah, absolutely. Jesus. <laughs> because in this episode, uh, Homelander makes him eat his friend an octopus. Yes, yes, he does. And it's very sweet. And his, his uh, wife, or you know, whatever you want to consider it, the Deep's uh, religious pairing, yes, <laughs> uh, is, is eager to have him eat the octopus. So fucked yeah. up. And, like, you really get to see, uh, from the audience perspective, you get that in Ashley. Because Ashley, at first, is like, ooh, this seafood's delicious. It's just scarfing it down. And then you just see the look on her face when she realizes exactly what's going on. It's like, oh, this is fucked up, isn't it? <laughs> this is a power move. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you're making the guy who talks to fish eat seafood. Oh, that's, that's actually fucked up. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, eventually Deep just decides to, uh, be completely Homelander's bitch. Although, uh, he does ask for a divorce from his wife. I am remembering that correctly, isn't he? Uh, I think they separate. That's uh, right, because he wanted to bring someone else into their relationship. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, An an octopus. (laughs) Yeah. It seemed like uh, he was having more fun with the octopus than she was. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't weird at all, though. No. No, I think it's kind of funny how, like, there's always a joke about Aquaman fucking fish. But, of mm-hmm. course, now we have the Deep, who, yeah, no, he just fucks who fish. Who does fuck <laughs> he fish. Just, absolutely. Like, they, they, they went hard on that joke in the first season. Yeah, it's, yeah. With that dolphin. <laughs> yeah. Not right now, later. <laughs> okay, I'll just stick my finger in there. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Yeah, the deep is pathetic. Um Yeah, he really he, is. He's really like he's there was a point where it seemed like they might be working towards maybe some sort of redemption for him, but I feel like this season it's like, no, he's just he's worthless. Uh say what you yeah. know about A Train. Uh the deep is worthless beyond all uh point at this point. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, of course, uh, the whole season... Well, a lot of the uh, Seven stuff seems to revolve around this power struggle between uh, Starlight and Homelander. Yes. With the beginning of the season, the- starting out with uh, Stanley Edgar pretty much be- in Starlight's side, which is why she's able to get a lot of stuff done. <laughs> yeah, and 
the the dynamic shift that we saw at the break where uh, uh, Head Popper. Yeah. I can't remember. Uh, Newman. The characters. Thank you, Newman. I want to say Vicky Newman. N- yeah. Uh, she had uh, put Stan Edgar away. Yes. Yes. Which is something that I, I'm, I'm actually now just realizing that uh, we, we didn't hear anything else about uh, her daughter throughout the rest of these other episodes. Well, yeah, we have to see where the what goes with this. Um, yeah. Because what we know is that uh, <laughs> she made a deal with Stan Edgar to go ahead and slap Homelander's wrist, uh, make, remind him who's in power. She betrays that and locks yeah. up Stan Edgar because Homelander agrees to give her something. And I think we might even see what it is, but it's not clear what its relevance is at all. And there, there still is the question of, can she pop Homelander's head? I'm sure it would probably take yeah. work, but it's not excluded. <laughs> I mean, you'd have to find a way to shut the eyes off so he wouldn't be uh, lasering her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we do get that scene where Newman goes to talk to Starlight after it's clear where they all stand on stuff. And, yeah. of course, when they leave and Starlight suddenly has a bloody nose, it's like, oh, you bitch, you... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It was just like, oh, she tried. Mm-hmm. She just tried right then. Well, I don't, I don't <laughs> think she actually tried to pop her head, but I think she was just letting her know, hey, I can get in there. I think that's all that was. But yeah, uh, it's a little scary because you know, before then, there was like this thought of maybe home or maybe Starlight could resist it, but no, no, I don't think she could at all. I don't. I think. No, I think the only longer. one that. Mm. Yeah, it will probably just take a little longer. <laughs> but. uh I would say the main driving force behind this season is kind of the storyline with Soldier Boy. Yeah. Who they just find at the end of episode four. And mm-hmm. he is instantly on this revenge killing spree for his old team, which includes what Crimson Countess, his old girlfriend, uh, uh. the duo, duo uh, TNT, who just appear to be like electric twins. Who, uh, yeah, we see yeah, in the, the hero Wonder Twins. Yeah, we... <laughs> um, who was it? There was a uh, Gunpowder who, uh, yeah, who was off by Billy in last. When we talked about that last week, and then yeah, yeah, and I believe the other member would be Black Noir, who is mm-hmm. still very active in the superhero community, and we do get a lot more Black Noir here. He doesn't say anything. But he does have avatars that represent him in different aspects of himself in the form of cute anime characters. (laughs) Yeah, that was a very interesting sequence, and I was here for it. No, once it pops up, I believe it's pretty much throughout. Like, anytime Homeland or uh, Black Noir is up, we largely see a lot of anime characters around him. It's such... (laughs) It's such a a divergence. Um, Is that the word I'm looking for? It just... It's it's different because uh, you have Black yeah. Noir, who's just this dark, sinister character, and he's just got anime characters on his shoulder, just sing-songy about his thoughts. <laughs> Little cartoons. Yeah, obviously only the audience can see it in Noir himself, but it's kind of awesome. I'm all for it. Uh, yeah. But uh, we brought up the power struggle between uh, Starlight and Homelander, and that really takes out in the streets where we see lots of people. Um, I don't remember what the slogan was, but there was a 
I believe there is a person in the crowd supporting Homelander with a Make Vought Great Again hat or something like that. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, and then Starlight seems to have like the Antifa crowd behind her. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm kind of digging the fact that the boys isn't hiding the fact that Homelander is a... Well, they never hid the fact that Homelander was a villain, but it seemed like there was this group that seemed to think Homelander wasn't a villain. And now the writer's just like, no, we're going all in on this shit. He's he's awful. You know? the, th- my favorite part was during one of those protests, did you see the guy that looked like the QAnon shaman? Oh, I was told about that, but I missed buff- it. Yeah, it was supposed to be in the last episode. Oh, man. In fact, let me see if I can Too bring that damn up funny. Right now. Uh, Too damn funny. <laughs> Yeah, they leaned hard into the, uh, I guess, that new radical right protest, or Trump supporters, I guess, is the preferred nomenclature. Yes, uh, Sean. <laughs> the boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn it, I'm just getting pictures of the QAnon shaman. <laughs> The Boys Season 3, Episode 8. But yeah, it's obvious he's he's Trump. And oh my god. Uh, pictures of Billy Butcher and the QAnon Shaman. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, he is there. I missed him, but I'm certain he is there. I'm... Because that seems exactly what they would do. Uh, oh my god, there's a guy with a, a Trump across the Captain America shield. That's that's disturbing. Yeah. Okay. I'm just seeing disturbing yeah. stuff, so we, we will not be sharing that image. But Boys Season 8, at the end, it is the rally, pretty much right at the end, where Homelander kills the uh, Starlight supporter. Because that's yeah. what we've come to. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, one, and everybody cheered. One of the things that's actually really interesting about this season was a, uh, it really stresses the importance of a parent just being there. And I feel like it's kind of emphasized where uh, Huey gets a, a conversation with us. Was it Starlight or Mother's Milk? But he 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 talks about his father and how his father Mother's Milk Mother's Milk. Okay, he talks about how yeah. his father would just like sit there with him and make pizza rolls and watch Remington steal. And at first he thought, geez, this guy's pathetic. And then what he realizes, no, this he's at his worst moment in his life and he is there for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it means a lot. And what we see here is that Billy butcher, when he is with Ryan, who is Homelander and his wife's son, when he is with Ryan, I think he's actually decent. The problem is he doesn't spend a whole lot of time with Ryan. And then what we see at the end is Ryan deciding he would rather be with Homelander because Homelander wants to spend time with him. And I do not like the path this is putting Ryan on at all. We have to see how it plays out in future seasons. But, uh, uh poor Ryan. Yeah. Uh, Homelander is... Pro- He's probably the scariest he's been this season. Definitely the most psychotic. Um, 
Oh, there's also the uh, group of protesters and that have like uh, are still like avid followers of a Stormfront. Yeah, yeah, there's that group too. And, mm. and they look a lot like the Proud Boys. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Uh and they probably are okay again behind Homelander at this point cuz uh oh, that's yeah. his rhetoric, man. Uh Yeah, but god, I love I cannot I don't know if I can stress how much I love this season. Um this series entirely. Uh honestly. Uh let's see, I'm trying to think was there anything else I want to bring up? I do I did, we didn't bring him up much, but Mother's Milk this season, I really like him. Um, although he has more questionable moments this season. For that, throughout most of the series, I think he's largely been the guy who's on point and, and honestly right. But this season is where he you honestly see some cracks in his judgment, I feel. Especially when it comes to track down Soldier Boy. Oh, absolutely. I guess we should talk about the whole reason they're after Soldier Boy is because they think he might be the one person who's powerful enough to beat Homelander. And they may not be wrong. The problem is Soldier Boy has this all other set of issues. Um, now, at first, we think it might be an issue because uh, they discover that Soldier Boy is actually Homelander's father. But that ends up not being yeah. as huge an issue because Soldier Boy is like, wow, Homelander, you're pathetic. I'll be happy to kill you. <laughs> but the problem is he... You're disappointing. But the problem is he wants to kill him <laughs> while Ryan is there. And it's like, dude, let let the kid get out. But nope. And then once he starts crossing that line, that's when Billy starts fighting him. And things go very poorly. Things go... <laughs> mm-hmm. But I guess we should talk about the, the, the conclusion before we head off. Because uh, Soldier Boy is about ready to blow up. And... I'm thinking, like, geez, who's going to die here? Yeah, I thought somebody was going to die. Yeah. I thought, yeah. And I was thinking it was going to be Billy, honestly. Um, they really... I thought it was going to... I thought it was going to be Annie. Eh, Annie's... I don't know. I felt like they were really setting up Billy, because um, they said that you could take three to five doses of that temp B. And I believe yeah. throughout the series, we saw Huey take three and uh, Billy take five. Yeah. Um, and now, uh, he doesn't die from that immediately, but we do see a thing where he goes to the doctor's office and they say, yeah, you have what a year to a year and a half left. Yeah. So essentially they're saying he's dying. So we'll see how much longer he has next season might be his last. Um, I wonder if they're planning a conclusion of this series. Cause it does seem like they're building up to something. Oh, absolutely. They're building to something. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure what, like, I mean, they've, they're already straying pretty far from what I, from what mm -hmm. I understand the books do. Yeah. Well, I, I think I've heard from the books. I haven't read them. I think I've heard from the books. The books conclude with a final battle between Homelander and Huey, I believe. Uh, Homelander, Black Noir, and Billy Butcher, but in the books... Black Noir is a clone of Homelander as an insurance policy in case Homelander ever goes rogue. Okay, so have you read them? Mm, I went through some of them explained. Oh, okay. So I, All like, right. I, so I, I found this like, ex, like video explanation of mm -hmm. them. Oh, okay. 
because I was curious at, at some point of how close they're going, and I just did it of like what would be like the first book or season one, mm-hmm. and you know, like the end of the first one was like, wow, that was so good. Mm-hmm. I wonder what happens next. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I do remember that uh, reading in the books that how uh, uh, Black Noir is just a clone of Homelander, and that's definitely not who he is here. Um, no, but I, I do want to see what happens. Um, I want I one thing that I kind of wondered about was that they have a whole bunch of regular compound b now yeah and i was wondering is billy or billy is huey gonna end up getting some of that because he seems to really like the superpowers and maybe like obviously temp is not the way maybe yeah. if he can be more responsible with them i could see that working out because obviously he's not ready for him this season no but it does seem like something that is important to him so we I am interested to see how that plays out because I could see that. I am too. Um, but because in the in the show they all were on V by the end of it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, or not the show, but the book. Yeah. Um. Well. Uh, anyways, yeah. The the character that dies is actually Queen Maeve. In case you're wondering, except well, except. <laughs> <laughs> except they actually managed to give her a happy ending because she she survives and she gets to run off with her girlfriend because uh usually we found when you get really blasted by uh soldier boy's power you lose your powers so she doesn't have yeah. powers anymore um so it was actually a nice ending for her i thought she was an interesting character um unfortunate that she's gone but then what else do they have to do with her <laughs> Yeah, I could be like they've given her a um, mark. Yeah, I believe she died. I believe Homelander killed her in the book. Well, he kills. Uh, again, I, bring that up. The Homelander does kill Black Noir here. <laughs> yeah, he does. It's he does kill Black Noir. Yeah, Black Noir. He finds out Black Noir actually knew about Soldier Boy being his father, and Homelander's like, "Oh, you're dead. <laughs> you can't be honest with me." God, like how much of the seven is left at the end of this episode? Um. Get... Well, I don't even think they ever had seven the entire time. Well, I think they had seven for... Since the beginning of this series, the number in the seven has been very all over the place. But I think they had seven for like a heartbeat. Because for a little bit there, it was uh, uh, Homelander, Maeve, Starlight, Black Noir, A-Train, Deep, and Supersonic. Oh, yeah. So we had in like this seven season, for and... like, what, one or two episodes? <laughs> Yeah, well, I know, but, like, last season we did have the seven for a while because mm-hmm. it was with Stormfront. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let, so, obviously, Supersonic's dead. Are all the No, Black yeah. Noir is dead, so we're down to five. And who's even in the seven? Because uh, Starlight officially does her re- resignation and officially just joins the boys in this season. Yeah, she quits. She went live on Instagram, and she also sold out a, a Homelander on Instagram too. That was nice. <laughs> that was fucking beautiful. Yeah, Starlight's <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah, we have uh, so Starlight's out. Supersonic's dead. Maeve's out. Um, Black Noir's dead. Do we have three members in the seven right now? <laughs> yeah, have the lots deep of filling right now. They have the deep. Yeah, the Homelander. Yep. And I'm sure they're going to make Ryan. Well, we, we 
uh, A-Train's still there, too. Uh, A-Train was surprisingly mm-hmm. missing through a lot of the, the final battles. Um, yeah. So we have to see how that works out. I think he's really starting to question his place yeah. in the 7 well, and really, at Vought. I think he's really questioning what side he chose, because he keeps on having a chance to choose the right side. He keeps on choosing the wrong side. And he's seeing what that's doing to his brother. And and it ends up just backstabbing him or betraying yes. him and not really working out for mm-hmm. him. So, uh, God, I want to see next season already. <laughs> yeah, I do so too. This, I'm trying to think. This might be my favorite sh- show airing right now. Um, that being said, I am really enjoying my rewatch of Stranger Things as well. So, but yeah. Oh, are you all caught up? Not yet. We made it most of the way through season two. And season two is better than okay. I remember. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we'll have to see. But are we ready to talk about uh, Predator 2? Okay, yeah. Predator 2. So, you hadn't seen this one yet. No, I hadn't. What not. were your thoughts going into it? <laughs> um. Well, I, I kind of figured it would be... Like, kind of like a crime mystery. Like, uh, Danny Glover would be finding these, like, cases of, like, you know, people being strung up and, you know, murdered. And he's trying to solve it the whole time. Like, a murder mystery is really what I thought I was expecting. Yeah. Well, one thing that they do here, because, like, there's a mystery of, there's almost a mystery of what's hunting them in the first one. Yeah. This movie doesn't hide behind that subtext at all because it's Predator 2. The audience knows. So yeah. we, we start getting Predator kills pretty early on and we, we start seeing what's going on. Now, the storyline you just described is essentially what's going on for Danny Glover in this movie from his perspective. But yes. that's not what the audience is seeing. <laughs> no, no. And, and I'm happy that I got that the way that I did. Yeah. Like I, I'm very happy and I'm very pleased with it. Also, uh, last week I had mentioned that uh, Henry Kinji was in both of these movies. Yeah. He in the first one he drove the truck into the uh, military shack. Mm-hmm. That uh, actually I I doing more research for the or like a little bit of research on this. I had to look up that scene again, mm-hmm. and I found uh, like one of those like kill counting channels. Yeah. And they did that. And I think, I believe it was 65 people died in that five minute action <laughs> nice. sequence. No, that action sequence. 65 place, people. Yeah. <laughs> I think on the one it was, it was like numbers nine through, like number nine through six yeah. or like 94. And it's like, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, <laughs> speaking of kill count, because this is essentially Predator in the city, I feel like we get a lot more Predator kills. Maybe not more overall yeah. kills, but we get a lot more Predator kills in this movie. We do. Which makes sense we do get a, a lot of predator kills, uh, and it's great. Yeah. Well, one. I love that. I mean, you just saw this. I maybe saw this ten years ago. This is one I never got around to watching, and I feel like it falls victim to the fact that Arnold didn't return. Um, because <laughs> if you think about, it, there is actually a decent story behind. Like, you bring back Arnold, and you have a predator come to Earth, and it wants to track him down specifically because he's like one of the humans as defeat a predator. There's an interesting story there, but obviously they couldn't get him back. That being said, they did get a cast for this movie. A pretty impressive they cast. They did. Uh, obviously, we got Danny Glover as the main guy. He's the, the cop. He plays... Mm-hmm. A, yeah, 
Yeah, he plays a police lieutenant in Los Angeles who, in this movie, is not too old for this show. No, but he, you can tell he's, he's grizzled as fuck at this point. <laughs> and he didn't have as many sequel commitments either. No, um, but, uh, yeah, who else is, oh, well, we get Bill Paxton as his new partner. Uh, yeah, Coconut Pete is in this. Yes, uh, and I'm always up for our Bill Paxton. He's always fun to watch. Uh, you get Gary Busey as the government asshole who comes in. He's yeah. kind of taking over the cases, you know. Just... And he is just next fucking level Busey. It's, oh, yeah. it's fucking great. <laughs> uh, well, that's one of the things I like because we have uh, Danny Glover, Bill Paxton, and Gary Busey. And when I tell you those three actors are in this, they are exactly the characters you expect them to play. Yeah. Like to a T. Like. Bill is absolutely over the top, just yeah. that guy. <laughs> yeah. Danny Glover's the cop that's seen some shit. He's starting to get a little bit burnt out. He's not He's not burnt out yet, but he's starting to get burnt out. He's getting annoyed with all the rules. Uh, Bill Paxton is just a sleazy, essentially car salesman like he plays in True Lies, except he's a cop here. Yeah. And, and Gary Busey <laughs> is just Gary Busey asshole level. It's, it's exactly who you expect, and there's kind of a charm to that with this movie. Um... Like I said, I maybe saw it 10 years ago, and I was kind of surprised how much I enjoyed it. This, yeah. this isn't nearly well, as good as the first one for many reasons. Technically, I could tell you lots of effect shots where I feel like they kind of half-assed it. Um, well, the guy who I said uh, was in both of these, uh, Henry Kenji, he is actually uh, the guy Scorpio, the gang member. Oh, oh, the nice. dude who takes the the guy who takes the nose full of cocaine. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> that that's that's him. And then I started looking at other stuff he had done, and he has a long career of a stuntman. And a lot of the time, it's like a featured like stunt or sequence. Like in uh, he's it said mugger in Batman Returns. I no. found a screenshot of that scene, and yeah, he's the guy that Catwoman like cut his face up. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> that. And then I'm thinking, wait, I've seen that guy in a lot of movies. Yeah, little bit rolls. Uh, yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, look up his IMDb. It's kind of impressive. Yeah. Um. Well, he he's not the only returning actor though, because actually the guy who played the the predator it's the same actor in both even though it's not the same predator obviously same actor no it's not uh it's the same actor but but yeah and it uh, fucking talks yeah well this uh i think that what this movie does is okay we don't have arnold back but i feel like it does a lot of the same stuff that the first one does but takes it does enough variation to not feel like we're re-watching the same movie so obviously it's a predator pursuing people who he thinks is gonna be good prey. In this case, it's Danny Glover, who's a really good cop. Yeah. Who likes to yell, "Hey, hey, assholes!" before he shoots somebody. <laughs> not, he did not, yell, not "Hey, assholes!" A lot. <laughs> um, one of the one of the notes that I took here was um, like some of the cinematography. I'll say like from those rooftop shops mm -hmm. early in that first uh, raid sequence. Yeah. Like, some of them are fucking gorgeous. Oh, yeah. But, like, there's some great cinematography throughout this whole film. But I do agree with you about the effects. There's a few of them that do look a little phoned in mm -hmm. and a little that it's clear they're shooting with a screen behind them. Yeah. Well, 
uh, the, I think the most obvious one, there's two actually, I think that are really obvious. The one that I remember really sticking out was uh, the Predators at the end. When uh, Danny Glover actually does get his win and you get the Predators kind yeah. of uncloak, they look so pasted on. And the, the way it looks the most obvious is if you look at their feet, because there's supposed to be a whole bunch yeah. of smoke there. And rather than try to fade it into the smoke, it literally just looks like they, they just that cut They're cut it. off at the knee. Yeah, they just cut them off at the knee. It's like, guys, could you not fade that section? Just fade it so it looks like it's going into the smoke. Just... just <laughs> Just a little bit of keen. Yeah, it's called a crossfade. It's coming. Well, I was gonna bring up the uh, the other effect shot that uh, it's just weird. So Gary Busey essentially dies when the predator like <laughs> shoots a rocket and destroys him, and then in a fight between the predator and Danny Glover one on one, suddenly Gary Busey comes in with some weird charcoal marks all over him. He's like, "I'm gonna finish this," and then like. What, like, 30 seconds later, the Predator throws that disc thing, cuts him in half, and we see his legs fall, but his top half is still floating up there somehow? Like, we never see it fall. Okay, yeah. what? (laughs) Yeah, I was more thinking, like, okay, what, did it bust? And just, because it it was CO2 that was in there, right? Yeah, it was, uh... So, did it... Would it freeze the top half to the meat? I... I don't think so. I don't think it would also freeze all the liquid, like the the entrails and what have you. Well, that's the thing. Like, um, even if maybe the gun's going off, I won't think it'd be enough to actually like freeze him there because we. It's obviously not the whole tempter like that because Danny Glover's in there without one of those suits. So yeah, yeah, it's it's it seems like it's mainly normal tempter in there. That being said, I one thing I did think was interesting was uh how the Obviously, Gary Busey and his part and his uh, underling Adam Baldwin knew about what happened to Arnold in the jungle, and they had this building set up to be a trap for the predator to ca- capture it. And they're yeah, they're playing. They had the man called Jane. Yes, and they had a plan to capture the predator alive, which I actually don't understand at all. Like I understand, like they want to capture his technology. But do you do? Are they thinking if they capture him alive, he'll talk? <laughs> yeah. How are they going to open up a line of communication? Yeah. No. My, well, I'm thinking is okay. So you don't want to blow him up, but like, yeah, shoot the crap out of him. Just obviously, you still kill him. <laughs> yeah, because cause that won't piss him off. Yeah. It, well, it just it just strikes me as obvious. It's like, yeah, okay, I get wanting to go for technology, but what are you doing? What are you? But I do think, like, the... I almost just want to, like, smack him in the wrist. Yeah. That's a bad government. Yeah. But, like, the... Like, they have this whole plan to capture him. And it's not the worst thing. Like, they have, like, this building filled with, like, this dust. And the dust prevents him from cloaking. It's like, okay, that's kind of clever. Um, and they also have these suits that reflects uh, the heat. So he can't use his heat vision on them. It's like, okay. Now, unfortunately, it doesn't seem like they have anything to prevent him from seeing the heat off the lights which i don't know maybe don't go in with lights especially since it's not that dark in there uh (laughs) i don't know if i'm trying to hide from something i probably don't have a huge giant light bulb on my shoulder i don't know (laughs) yeah well also every member of uh danny glover's team one by one starts getting picked off by the predator yes 
Um, the first after, uh, well, we open up with the giant like gunfight yeah. in the middle of the streets, like a fucking war zone yeah. going on. It's like a, and I guess it's like it's like two street games, yeah, like the Scorpions and the Jamaicans. Yeah, and it's a, uh, it seems like set up like the the dark future world in Demolition Man, you know, nineteen ninety seven, which I yeah. think it is supposed to take place in the future, like that. It's one of those things. Well, yeah, well, yeah, this is like nineteen ninety mm-hmm. is when it was released. Yeah, I think it's supposed to take. And nineteen ninety seven is when the film takes place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> far off future. I did kind of love that that. I did kind of love the panning shot of that, um, like that underbrush and trees, mm-hmm. where it oh, looks yeah. a lot very similar because oh, yeah, yeah. you see like the kind of palm tree, yeah. But you, d- they don't show you; they just show the leaf of it. So you're like, "Oh, are we back in the jungle? Oh no, it's Los Angeles. It's Different in the jungle. urban jungle. <laughs> it's in the concrete jungle. Yes, <laughs> the one oh. where you know you have a guy, a long haired ginger guy, going well." <laughs> But yes, uh, it, it gets. Uh, I believe his name is Danny, uh, the guy who's obviously his friend. <clears throat> but Danny, yeah, yeah, it gets him first. Although he does find a piece yeah, of the predator's hook thing. <laughs> yeah, but he was investigating a uh, crime scene that we see of uh, uh, these these Jamaicans they bust in during sexy time for yeah. a scorpions member, and. Uh, then they proceed to have some sort of like a uh, ritualistic uh, slaughter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they already have the dude hunt upside down mm-hmm. for the predator, and the predator's like, "Oh, my work's halfway done." <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks, guys. Yeah. I'm gonna kill you for your troubles yeah. and skin you. <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, uh, one thing I do think this movie does a great job with is it. It does manage to kind of ex. ex- Band on the predator mythology a little bit like uh mm-hmm. we see a young child point a toy gun at the predator and and shoot and the predator's instant you see the predator's instant reaction is to scan the situation it's like wait what's going on it finds out it's a fake gun it leaves the kid alone and it, yeah. it like we see it in the first one but it really ex- it explores the idea that it's only going after people who are armed yeah and then it's the, attacking that those who are armed yeah uh, so like cops and, and drug dealers and stuff like that. That that's who it's going for. The other thing is, uh, one of the cops. One thing it's worth pointing out before I get to that is, uh, Bill Paxton, th- despite being a super sleazy character throughout this whole movie, and it's brought up how he is, uh, like, uh, they like the the rumor is he got his partner killed by just being like irresponsible. He probably gets one of the one of, if not the most honorable death in this in this movie. Yeah, he does. Because he tells uh, the woman cop he is with, uh, get the people out of here, I'll hold them off. Now, yeah. I don't think he's planning on dying. I think he's imagining that, you know, I have a gun, I'll be able to take it out. It's not going to be a huge deal. But obviously he doesn't, and he's good to his word. He he holds yeah. out, you know. He he's at the point where, like, he he finds like what, like a golf ball or something. He just throws it at it because he's like, "Fuck it." Uh, this is, uh, but he, and it's it's kind of cool. Like you, it's uh, you give his character a little arc. And it's kind of nice. Um, no, it is, and they did it so subtly yeah. too. Yeah, it's not in your face about it. It's like they establish that he's kind of a, a loose cannon, but then. He does the right thing. He knows. 
Well, the other detective in the team, or officer, she, uh, Leona, yeah. she goes back and she gets attacked where she dies, almost. Yes. But she is pregnant, and we never hear anything else about that the rest of the movie. Well, she, she doesn't die, uh, but... No. Uh, yeah. She's pregnant, though. Yeah. But we don't hear anything else about her baby. No, no, but... <laughs> Well, what we do know is the predator scanned her and saw something in her belly. And then next thing we know, we hear that she's yeah. pregnant. It's like, oh, so it's not going to kill pregnant so he, women either or people, yeah. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Uh, But yeah, I think it does a good job kind of expanding on it without giving it too much. Like we don't we, it's not like we feel like uh, the predators neutered at all. This is still a scary alien yeah. monster oh, yeah. thing. I really also love that small armory that uh, Danny Glover was rolling around with in his trunk. Yeah, yeah. Just gets upset, like, holy shit. <laughs> like, that whole locking and loading scene intercut with, like, them just trying to look around, trying to find it, was just fucking beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> well, Danny Glover's awesome in this. I think uh, I think he kind of sells it. Uh, <clears throat> like, he, he's obviously not Arnold Schwarzenegger, but he, he kind of sells just being, like, a decent cop who's honestly kind of creative yeah. uh large reason he's able to even beat the predator is because he's able to get that disc weapon that the predator uses and holy shit is that thing useful <laughs> i mean uh i think one of the first moves he does once he steals it is he cuts off the predator's arm which uh that's gonna make it a bit easier <laughs> yeah he uh, cut off his arm when he was trying to activate his self-destruct thing yes uh Oh, yeah, and the Predator fucking talks in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we get a little bit of the Predator talking in this. So, I, I have a question for you, since you've probably seen this movie. You've seen it more than me. Yeah. So, that theme that kept playing throughout with the xylophone that was in there, did you hear it very faintly? Like a ding, 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 I'm not sure. Ding, ding. No, I don't know if I picked up on that one. There was a theme that played throughout the movie, and it had and it featured like a xylophone in it. Really, and I kept hearing it, and the only thing it kept reminding me, like from what like it sounded a lot like to me, mm-hmm. was definitely Holy Grail. Oh, really? <laughs> I did like that not opening pick up on that, but now I'm gonna be listening to it like a hawk next time I watch it in like five years or so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's the thing I will say about this movie. I. With the first one in existence, I don't really feel the need to watch this one that often because it's not as good. But it is good, and yeah. it is, it's different enough to not feel like just a copy. Um, Absolutely. Now, I feel like we, we can't talk about this movie and not bring up the scene that spran- sp- uh, that uh, spawned its own franchise. Yeah. The scene on the alien ship. The xenomorph skull. Yeah, where like they're just That's like, hey, definitely a xenomorph skull. Yeah, they they were like, hey, what can we put in here? Cool. Oh, this studio owns the Alien franchise, so let's put a xenomorph skull in there. And boy, as oh like boy. kind of a nice, as you know, the fans will just think that's really cool. Yeah. Now it'll just show how badass Predator is. Yeah, and now all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's the same franchise. Now we need to do crossover movies. Ugh. Yep. And we got them. I mean, <laughs> the first one was PG-13, so that lets you know wh- what quality movie we're looking at there. Well, and the then again, they were, making, when... they were making horror films that, that were PG-13 at mm-hmm. that time. Well, the, the... Almost every horror film that came out was PG-13. That's true. But the second one was a hard R, and it was so yeah. much worse. 
It was so much worse. It's it's not even. It was a hard R, but it sucked. Yeah. It was a hard turn I mean, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, at least it did go like it. If it was gonna go hard R, I really wish it fully committed like the Dread remake. Yeah. Oh God, that was a good one. Because <laughs> that was good. Yeah. <laughs> that was very good. Yeah. Carl Urban once again being awesome. <laughs> Yeah, just just being fucking amazing. But yeah, uh, I would say if you like the first Predator movie, I would absolutely say check out the second one. Oh, yeah, it's good. It's not it's not as good, but it's good. It does. It's just different enough to work. Uh, Are we ready for Miss Marvel? Oh, yes. All right. So Miss Marvel, Uh, the last three episodes. Uh, This is a fun series. This really was. Uh, I did really enjoy this series. I know. Uh, obviously, the narrative around it is um, it it didn't it didn't get particularly high ratings as far as viewership, and essentially what everybody's saying is that nobody wants to see uh, a Muslim or Pakistani teenager story. Now, while pretty they, much now while they're saying that, I want to say some of the historical stuff or with Pakistan and some of the uh, cultural stuff in this show. That was kind of probably some of my favorite stuff. Yeah, it was really fascinating, yeah. actually. And can, can I also just say this? That food looks so oh, good. Yes. Mm. Oh, man. I was like, I don't care what that is. I will eat it. <laughs> what is it? Uh, it's delicious is what that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, but... Uh... I actually had to, uh, actually I'm looking it up right now because I was interested because they keep on talking about the partition and it actually becomes a story point where she travels back in time to the partition. And what I'm bringing up right here, and it does have to do with Pakistan, so I imagine it's it. The partition of India in 1947 divide British India into two independent domains, India and Pakistan. Okay. So that was the formation of Pakistan. That's interesting. Yeah. No, it just seems like a chaotic time and. I did. It's not so- no, no, even looking. Yeah. I Go ahead. No, I was just no, even thinking about that like like government agencies trying to come in and move masses. Mm-hmm. Masses like god. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's 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 kind of an interesting historical thing which I didn't know about cuz I'm not super familiar with that region. Yeah, um, neither did I and I kind of want to read more about it now. Yeah. Well, it's a, it kind of reminds me of uh, what they did in Watchmen with the, the Tulsa the Tulsa Massacre. A little bit of U.S. history I didn't really know about until that series. So it's, it's kind of cool uh, to bring stuff like this up. To, to bring it more into uh, our view. God, I am not coming up with words today. Every, every word I want to come up with. Uh, what? Huh? <laughs> but yeah, it's Miss Marvel, Ooh. it's. I, I do want to say, I, not as good as the Watchmen series, and I think the Tulsa thing is very serious. But still, this is something I didn't know about, and now this yeah, year, I didn't into it. No. Well, yeah, and with the Watchmen, yeah, I looked into the Tulsa. Yeah, that was. That was monstrous. That's fucking horrific. And, yeah, that's fucking horrific. And the fact and, that yeah. they're obviously like not wanting to teach about it and stuff like that. It's like, oh, that's something that is needs even to talk more. About it. It, yeah. It, it needs to be talked about it like i don't know in regard to that and education i feel that 
you know, knowledge comes from education, yeah. whether it's a success or a failure. Yeah. And sometimes from our greatest failures, we can receive the greatest lessons. Mm-hmm. No, I... some people don't. And, and you know, I'm, I'm trying to be as bipartisan about this as I can be, mm-hmm. but it, it, our, our most, our, our country's most embarrassing factors of history is the majority of which has not been taught and even glossed over mm-hmm. for years. And I'm, Again, I just feel that we just need to learn from our mistakes to be better. Yeah. Well, the first the first step from learning from our mistakes is to acknowledge that they even exist. Yeah. And then yeah. and then you exactly. can evolve past it. Um, it's important yeah. to learn about all this stuff. Uh, yeah. It's important to know. I just and like they talk about not teaching in school. It's like no, I want my kids to learn this in elementary school. I want them to learn about it early so that way they yeah. can start you know thinking about it. Just like, yeah, we can teach America's great. And I do think there are great elements to American culture, but we got some darkness, too. Yeah. We can't just ignore one because we want to, like, talk about how great we are, especially if we want to become better. We, we have to acknowledge that there are sins in our past. And I think, you know, I think we're, we're getting a little bit from uh, Miss Marvel here because that's not so much America's past, but it's the same type of thing. No. I think it's important to learn about all this stuff. Uh, really, really quickly, I'll get. I, I, I want to get back right into Miss Marvel, but I do want to recommend a book. If you have not read this, I will recommend this to you too. The name of the book is called uh, "Lies My Teacher Told Me" mm-hmm. by James W. Loden. And it's definitely a book that teaches that goes over a lot of like the atrocities of history and this pretty much covers all the stuff that the school books left out. Yeah. Yeah. But yes. And something as something as small as a comic book television series is a engaging in real world conversation yes. and some people say that these that this material carries no weight and substance yeah yeah no it absolutely can and i think it's important yeah. to talk about all this stuff that happened um it is and like i said i think i think the pakistani history stuff the cultural stuff some of my favorite stuff in this series and it's not to say i don't like kamala khan as a character because i think she's actually a really good character very lovable <laughs> yeah, you you just like her. She's not she's not typical superhero material, but she's obviously she's a fangirl. She loves superheroes, so she's embracing it. Yeah, she's just all about it. Yeah, yeah. What I, I also love it. is like how quickly her in this one. I guess it's discovered. Well, I guess we'll jump around with it, but uh, how her when her parents found out, just how on board they were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like immediately if- on board. At first, it seems like she's going to hide it, and then, like, her parents find out. She decides to tell her parents, and they are just like, oh, that's awesome. Cool. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> uh, You're not mad? And her mom's like, come on. She's like, come on, all those, daughter, all those other mothers that could say their daughters do this, if my daughter does this. My daughter's the best. And, of course, uh, <laughs> her dad helps come up with her name because uh, I don't remember what language, but translate Kamala in some language yeah. means Marvel. And, of course, so Ms. Marvel. Yeah. And, of course, Marvel. she's a fan yeah. of Captain Marvel, so it's 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 going to happen. It's gonna... It works. Yeah. yeah. And already we already know a crossover is happening. Yeah. That was released at D23 or 22. Yeah. 21, right? 
it's coming 21, up. Twenty one, yeah. But yeah, the the new movie is uh, obviously it will have Kamala Khan and Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel two, and probably and, uh, Monica Rambo. And Monica Rambo, I've yeah. heard the three of those are going to be in it. And while we're talking about you know Captain Marvel and Brie Larson, um, the final scene in this series featured Kamala getting what sucked into what looked like almost those wormholes from uh, Doctor Strange. Hmm. Not, not not quite a star, but just it looked like she got like pulled out. Yeah, of something. yeah, it was something weird happened. And then she was looking like Captain Marvel. So Brie Larson and gets a And then Brie Larson yeah. is standing there. Yeah. And I think it actually was Captain Marvel, like, you know, well, I want to say Jane Foster, but I know that's not the name. Why Why am I drawing Carol the blank? Danvers? Carol Danvers, thank yeah. you. Yeah, and it was Carol Danvers just looking around going, oh, I kind of like the moment of her looking and seeing all the Captain Marvel stuff. Yeah. And kind of realizing, oh, God, I'm in a fan's room. Well, no. Uh, oh. I don't think that's what was going on. Because my daughter pointed out to me, because she's read the comic books, uh, one of the first storylines for Miss Marvel is, uh, well, one thing she can do in the comic book is shapeshift. And because she's a huge Captain Marvel fan, oh. one of the early arcs is her shapeshifted into Captain Marvel. That's awesome. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure that's what we're seeing that's there. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's really awesome. And that's probably what we're going to see in the Marvels. We're going to see Kamala Khan kind of because that was part of the storyline. She was stuck in that form. She didn't know her powers, so she just becomes Captain Marvel. And she's like, I, I don't know what to do with this. I'm Captain Marvel, but I'm stretchy. I'm. <laughs> okay, so I guess that's what. I'm already starting to build an idea of what the next uh, movie might be. Oh, yeah. All right. No, cool. immediately it seems clear Thank to me you, Marvel. that she's going to be going around as Captain Marvel and Captain Mar- is going to catch Captain Marvel's no- attention. And then, uh, yeah, that's I think that's pretty obviously how they're going to meet. Uh, uh, obviously, I think uh, she's going to walk around as Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel's going to be like, hey, what's going on? And Kamal's going to be like, I have no idea. Kamal's going to be uh i'm your biggest fan yeah yeah <laughs> you're not a fangirl are you no no <laughs> no Am I, what's the right answer <laughs> uh but yeah this is a this is just a fun show uh yeah i i really feel like the hatred comes it for it comes almost universally from people who just didn't bother to watch it and i'm Really getting annoyed with those people voicing their dislike of something without actually watching something. Uh, I just stop criticizing stuff you haven't seen. <laughs> it doesn't seem like a big ass. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, you know, and you're allowed to go up there and say, "Hey, I I trust people who say this. They don't like this, and they say they don't like it, so I'm not checking it out." You know what? I'm fine with you having that stance, but don't go out there on a public platform and say it sucks if you haven't seen it. I just yeah. that's a little thing and, I'm just throwing out there. <laughs> and if you have a hang up about like, you know, learning about another nationality's background mm-hmm. and history. Tough sh- I don't know. I don't want to say tough shit, mm-hmm. but I mean, okay, maybe that's just not for you. Yeah, I mean, you don't don't bash it because you know it's it's not. There's still a large amount of people how that is their story, you know, and 
it, it matters to them to see representation like this. Yeah. Like they, it, I, I can't really understand fully what that representation and how that must feel to see that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I can all, I can imagine it must be great other than just, you know, seeing more of the same whitewash. Yeah, exactly. Caracata. Yeah. <laughs> we. Hey, listen, I loved seeing the first Spider-Man movie. And in fact, that's yeah. probably about the closest I could think to, to so, like someone, a Pakistani possibly seeing this would be my feelings during the first Spider-Man movie. Just like, oh, my God, this is so amazing. This is happening. This is so cool, yeah. yeah. Now, that being said, since then, we've gotten eight Spider-Man a movies. Lot. And that's not even counting the animated one, which is great. By the yeah. way, you should watch the animated one if you haven't. The the Into the Multiverse? Yeah, Into the Spider-Verse. Or Into the Spider-Verse, yes. yes it is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, I, I dare say spectacular. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing. Spectacular. Peter Parker. Wait, that doesn't work. Web of? No. <laughs> but yeah, uh, honestly, representation matters. Um, as long, it, just, it, it just needs to be well written. That's always been my argument. Yeah. It just write it well. Yeah. But yeah, Miss Marvel, if you haven't checked it out and you're mildly interested, check it out. Uh, check it I out. I would say that it's cool. Mostly the beginning plays out a lot like a teenage comedy, which it's unique. It's something different. But I don't feel like it's that mm-hmm. way. It's definitely not that way throughout. And towards the end, you you start getting more historical stuff. And like and then, final episode, yeah, and... it's kind of a cool little superhero action story. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, at the end, we get like the big hero moment. Yep. We get her big hero moment yes. of her just running through the city. Yeah, which is nice. <laughs> and it's it, it was so cool. It is interesting to have uh, the this relationship be that her parents are 100% on board. Yeah. One thing I will say that I was disappointed at is that they take all the time to establish that she is a cosplayer. Not a great cosplayer, but she's a cosplayer. But in the end, it's just her mom who makes the costume. I was like, yeah. oh, come on, guys. Why why set that up? <laughs> well, I, I think it was more at the end when her mom made that suit. I think it was kind of more of a surprise to her that I'm sure that, you know, she learned how to do a lot of that from her mom. Mm-hmm. Oh, and her sure. mom probably just, you know, did it just for her. Mm-hmm. Probably took one that she had already had yeah. that she was working on. She's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to make this better. And I, actually, I won't mind if that was established. Maybe it was a costume that she had put together. And her mom's like, uh, here's my version. Here, <laughs> That would work better for yeah. me. But yeah, establish she's working on a costume, I think. That'd be nice. Yeah. But yeah, overall, good show. Um. Great show. Right, uh, close out. Yeah, I think we can. Okay, <laughs> but uh, we do have some fun Aww. stuff next week. Uh, so next week, yes, we do. We'll be talking about uh, the entire filmography of Rob Zombie. Uh, we cannot wait. No, next week. Uh, what's on schedule right now? Okay, so we got Predators, Predator Three. I remember really liking that one, so uh, we will see if rewatch. That's the one with uh, Adri- That's the one with um, uh, Adrian Schnauz. Yeah, that one has right? a huge cast in it. That one has Adrian Brody, uh, Danny Trejo, Lawrence Fishburne, Topher Grace. Um, there's there's probably more. Oh, than that's I'm right. Of. Yeah, that's right. The Toaster. Yes. The Toaster. Topher Grace versus the Predator. 
I'm sure that goes well. <laughs> He's going to kill him with snark. Yes. <laughs> In this movie, the Predator is played by Kurtwood Smith. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to see that now. <laughs> I'm gonna, I might have to edit together a clip. <laughs> Uh, I think I'm going to for next week. But my, my daughter actually had a request for next week, so I put it on there. Uh, the new Jordan Peele okay. movie, Nope. Mm. Okay. And then uh, we got Ghoulies. I, I, I actually was going to see that if like we weren't. Yeah. Well, actually, you can you could bring it up. Too, I mean, yeah. I mean, I've seen enough of the... Uh, I've seen a trailer for it almost every time I've had to go to the I theater. Know. So every time I just kind of go, yeah. I'm a, well, I'm a little burnt out on the trailer. One. That being said, like, he's done Get Out and Us. And those are both good movies. So yeah, and yeah, I'm, I'm on board. He, he's covering UFOs, yeah. aliens. Yeah. Like, I'm so here yes, for that. Yes, I might be burnt out on the trailer, but, like, the actual movie I still want to see. So... Yeah, uh, we will be covering that next week. Uh, I'm happy that it, I'm happy that that was her request, and the request wasn't Elvis. No. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> who's the guy who does that? That's not a guy who's fairly good, but like that that like super stylistic yeah. dude. He's definitely yeah. has his own style. Uh, yeah. God, I'm just gonna drive me nuts. Who does I... Elvis? It's Tom I, I, I call mm-hmm. it type. I, I, well, Boss no, he, he he does. He uh, yeah, he he definitely has that. You know, I wish I was Taika Waititi style. No. Well, I think he's been around longer, to his credit. He has. He has. Yeah, Mul- Mulan I'm, I'm, I think he might have. Sure. Um, yeah. I know. I, I'm not gonna lie. No, uh, really, Mulan Rouge. That's his biggest one. Yeah. Mm. He also did Romeo and Juliet, didn't he? Did he? Possibly. Because that was pretty big, too. Yes, it was. I'm not even seeing it in his top, so maybe he didn't. No, Romeo and Juliet's in there. Why is that in his top four? That's a pretty big movie. Yeah, because that one is, like, way better. Eh. I'm not a huge fan of that Romeo and Juliet. Uh, I will admit, I think. Okay, fair. I think it's a it's style. It's a bit too jarring okay. for me to have them speaking in old English while pointing guns at each other. It's it's a it's a dissidence that doesn't quite work for me. <laughs> and driving and driving around in lowriders. Yeah. <laughs> that being said, maybe if I rewatch, I'd like it. I haven't. That came out in '96, so I probably saw it '96 or '97. So it's been a while. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's it, it's very stylized, oh, yeah. and Paul Rudd hasn't aged a day. Uh, I think Paul Rudd might have de-aged a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't aged a yeah. day. <laughs> uh, I always think it's funny when people do the Age Up program and they put the Marvel actors in there. It's like, here's Tom Holland in 30 years. Here's a, here's a Robert Downey Jr. in 30 Paul years. Rudd. Here's Paul Rudd. And it's just that same fucking picture. <laughs> and it's the same yeah. picture, yeah. <laughs> it's like that... I don't. And my response is always, I don't know if that's accurate. I don't think Paul Rudd would look that old. <laughs> oh, no. I don't think you'd age. Oh, no. I that think you would have a. <laughs> I think you would have a gray gray hair yeah. in his stubble on the left yeah. side of his cheek. Maybe one <laughs> hair. Maybe, and that's if the light is. Yeah, right. you may not. You blink and you miss it. <laughs> 
But, uh, yeah, we definitely got some fun stuff to look over next week. So, uh, yeah, everyone have a good one. Take care. The freeze frame is very important. <laughs>I want to go ahead and add some audio credits at the end here. Uh, the theme music you're hearing at the beginning and end of this podcast was uh, written and performed by George Johnson, a very good friend of mine. And my current Patreons are uh, Fel Martins, David Lara, and Lindsay Painkhurst. If you'd like to become a patron, go ahead and follow the link down below. Anything you can provide would be incredibly helpful to this channel. We're barely limping by right now. Uh, I'd love to make this my full-time job, but I'm miles away from that right now. So any help you could provide, just a dollar a month would be amazing. You know you want to. All your friends are doing it.